Good evening. Today is Wednesday, June 22nd, and we are studying, studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This, chapter's, this week's chapter and step is uh, chapter five into action. And our speaker tonight is Vita. Thank you, Vita. Hi, I'm Vita. I'm a compulsive overeater, bulimic, and restrictor. Hello. Um, Kaylee, there you are. Thank you for asking me. It's great to be here tonight with all of you. Um, and it's always an honor to speak at an OA meeting and to share um, what this program has brought into my life. Um, to qualify, I've been in OA for over nine years. I have um, seven years of abstinence from binging, purging, and restricting. And I'm probably like 60 or 70 pounds down from my top weight and 10 or 15 pounds up from my bottom weight. Um, and for the last seven years or so, I haven't had to wonder if my clothing is going to fit um, or like, you know, just how I'm going to show up for life. And, and none of that um, was possible for me for a single day, really, when I was in my eating disorder. Um, and, you know, the, the spiritual principle behind step five is integrity. And when I was in my disease, I couldn't even fathom having integrity because I was so disconnected from myself. And I was so ashamed of how I was showing up for life and that I truly felt so powerless, not over just food, but everything else that was happening, um, that the idea of having integrity and of being able to like have my words and my actions, you know, uh, be in the same even stratosphere, like was kind of unfathomable to me, truly. Um, I made literally like a career basically out of lying, cheating, stealing that was the that was the only way that i know that i knew how to just kind of scrape through life and you know when i came into oa i we say like the only requirement for membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively and i didn't have that desire because i had no other tools and the idea of letting go of food was beyond conception for me, basically. Like I just couldn't fathom how that would be possible. But what I did have the desire for was for the consequences of my eating disorder to go away. And it took me a while to even get to the point where I could acknowledge that I had an eating disorder because I didn't have what classically I thought looked like an eating disorder. I wasn't super underweight. Um, I didn't have like really extreme bulimia and I was actually in total denial that throwing up was an issue whatsoever. And I don't think I really knew what binge eating was. And so I was doing all these things and just thinking that they were what I had to do to control my weight. Um, and so, I feel like the first type of integrity that I started gaining when I came into the program 
was just to be able to be honest about that fact that like these things were all problems and that slowly my actions and my words started matching that what I said I was going to do maybe just around food initially was going to be what I said I was going to do or that um, just the acknowledgement of of how much what I was doing was creating wreckage in my life and up here in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. um, so the point of the big book, right, is that so that we can find a power greater than ourselves that can help us with our problem. And the unique thing about OA compared to a program like AA is that what our problem is going to look like in this fellowship is unique. The way my eating disorder manifests may be completely different than the way someone else's eating disorder manifests. And so the way I have to relate to food and my recovery may be different. And I think that's very similar to what we get to find in the rooms of how we relate to a higher power. What works for me may not work for someone else, right? And like that is such a core central reason why I love 12-step rooms so much is because I am enabled through these steps to find five minutes. Thank you. To find the power that works for me. And the power that works for me doesn't have to work for you. And what how you relate to your higher power may not make any sense to me. And it doesn't matter. You know, all that matters is that it works for me and that that whatever I'm seeking in food, like I can start finding that in something else. And um I think like let me just read this. It says, yeah, like in the beginning of interaction, it says you know, um, we're trying to find a new relationship with our creator. And I didn't have a concept of a higher power when I came into the rooms. So I think in the beginning, just the fact that OA seemed to be working for other people was my higher power. And that became something that I could trust more than I was able to trust myself with food. And, you know, like I said in the beginning, I had so much shame around not just my relationship with food, but around my whole life. Um, like I said, I was cheating, I was stealing, I was lying. Like the facade that I was putting on, like it says in this book, like the actor, I didn't even realize I was doing that, but I would, I would say one thing and I would show up in a completely different way, not because I wanted to, but because I like literally felt like I didn't have a choice. I didn't know how to do something different. I wanted my actions to match my words, but I didn't know how, you know, I didn't have the tools. and. And the deeper I got into my eating disorder, which for me, like in the depths of it was like binging on 10,000 calories at a time, throwing up till I was throwing up blood, like eating 300 calories and working out for three hours and just drinking like literally two big gulps of coffee all day, you know, um, like that was the best I could do. That was how I knew how to like literally just survive through life. And the idea of like, being happy, joyous, and free, or, or like a conscious contact that allows me to experience things like joy and um, like true closeness with other people, like anything like that. I just, I, I couldn't even, I knew they were things that were possible, but I had no idea how to access them. So when I started doing the steps and I started creating a personal relationship with a higher power, um, 
I just, I, I got to a point where I was pretty desperate. You know, I didn't want to live in my bottom. Like that's where my eating disorder took me to. It was just not wanting to live um, because of, because of how bad it was. And I, I pretty much stopped being a functional human whatsoever. And I got a sponsor who was pretty hardcore and I didn't, I had problems with authority and I didn't want to do what I was being asked to do. And I did it anyway, because I was out of other ideas. And so when I was asked to do this inventory that I think like in certain ways, this is where my perfectionism did serve me in the beginning of my recovery that like I did a very thorough inventory and I stopped having secrets. Um, and I read it all to this woman and I was kind of afraid of her. Like I was a little afraid of her. And I think that served me in the beginning. And I, I don't have that sponsor now. And, um, and it's not, you know, nothing like wrong with her, but like over time, I just needed something different. Um, but I really do think in the beginning, like that, that type of, um, relationship was helpful for me. And we sat there for seven hours while I read my inventory. And I told her all these things that I had never told anyone. Um, and I literally felt like that weight was lifted and I, it's such a common experience, but I felt like I was just such a like despicable human being. I felt so lowly of myself. You know, that's like what we talk about ego in reverse. I, I didn't know that feeling like I was such a piece of crap was selfish, self-centered behavior. I, I couldn't even conceive of that. Like, how can I be obsessed with myself if I feel like I'm a piece of crap? you know? Um, but I also got to learn that my eating disorder behaviors alone were selfish and self-centered because if I'm always thinking about food and body, I'm not available for anything or anyone else. I'm still just thinking about myself. Um, and so when I got to tell her all these things that made me feel so bad about myself, I also got to have that experience of someone just saying, yeah, I've done those things too, or like, that's not that bad, or that's really, thank you, that you had to go through that. Like, I'm so sorry, you know, like that wasn't right. No one should have to go through those things. Um, and I also got to have some hard truths reflected back to me. Like I had so many expectations of other people and that's why I felt like a victim because other people weren't treating me the way that I thought I should be treated those expectations that led back to resentments and, um, and also just like how judgmental I was of other people through my expectations. Like, and because I had unrealistic expectations of them, I had unrealistic expectations of myself. I just had such a skewed perception of how the world was supposed to function, how I was even supposed to function. Like I, I so deeply, um, I yeah, I just, I had no other way, but to show up in perfection or not show up at all. And I didn't, I just thought that that's how life was. Like I was just supposed to be doing everything perfectly. And when I couldn't do it, I just didn't know how to cope. And so I got to have, start having more like realistic relationship and expectations of not just other people, but of life in general. And that and some of these were really hard for me to cope with. They were hard for me to swallow. 
like the fact that not everyone is going to like me, you know, going about my life trying to get everyone to like me um, and really sacrificing my integrity, right? My, my, um, my relationship with myself to try and do that. And that sometimes like learning how to be who I truly was meant that certain people were not going to resonate with that person and letting go of that slowly. And when I didn't get my way, like I wasn't a victim anymore and being able to see my part in things, you know, when you go through the, the fourth and fifth step as um, described in the big book, you see these patterns over and over. It honestly gets kind of boring. <laughs> like you're just like, oh my God, this is the same thing again and again. Um, not boring necessarily writing it, but you just get sick of your own crap. You know, you just get sick of it because it's, it's just, it's so black and white and, um, and seeing those patterns over and over again, it's like, oh, okay. Maybe there's like, hi, Nicole. <laughs> um, maybe there is something like even the smallest shift honestly in those patterns starts creating something different in my life so it's not like I see these things and I'm just expected or I, honestly I think I did expect myself in certain ways just to show up as this completely new person but as I can continued on it's like no I'm not expected to just be this kind of entirely different person because I've seen these things now that's why we have steps that come after step five I still need a lot of help um but Sorry, I just want to read something else here. Yeah. Um, but again, so I'm not doing that on my own. I'm not expected to like let go of the food on my own. I'm not expected to go through a fourth and fifth step on my own. Like I've received many fifth steps over the years as well. And it is such an honor to have someone share those things with you. Like it, it takes so much trust. Right. And for me coming into the program, like how could I trust anyone else when I, all I was doing was lying, cheating and stealing. And that was the best I could do, but desperation, you know, it, it just is a, is a gift in, in a 12 step room and being able to like trust these things with other people and then have other people and trust them with me or me with them. Um, I think it starts building some of the confidence in maybe I'm not this horrible person that I thought I was because someone else, you know, is willing to share with me on this intimate level and starts building um, <clears throat> that real like level of intimacy for the first time in, in my life, in my relationships of like, there's like this rigorous honesty in just someone knowing the depths of the things that you don't want anyone to know. And um, when I when I went through the big book with my sponsor, I learned for the first time that, you know, we read the ninth step promises a lot in 12 step meetings, but that others, minutes. thank you, had promises as well. And these are the, um, at the end of the fifth step, they, there are fifth step promises. And it says, once we have taken this step withholding nothing, we are delighted. I don't know that I was delighted, but like I got to start experiencing delight when I stopped feeling like such a horrible person 
I honestly, when I, after seven hours of reading a fist step, I kind of felt high. <laughs> like I really did. Um, but next it says like, we can look the world in the eye. It's like, oh, if this person doesn't think I'm horrible with all of this stuff and actually I'm just another human being that has had a hard go with life and like is sick and suffering, like maybe I can start showing up authentically. For me, that's like what looking the world in the eye is. I don't have to like shy away and cower because I'm this horrible person. It says we can be alone at perfect peace and ease. I started actually having this experience um, before doing my fist step, but it was because like of a relationship with a higher power that I could start being alone period because the only thing that I knew how to do when I was alone was compulsively eat or over exercise or something like I couldn't be alone with myself and the peace and ease that I got to start experiencing from just not feeling like this like miserable person um, was really real and it's in conscious contact that I got to start having that experience so as our fears fall from us when I listed over a hundred fears and started seeing like how either not in touch with reality most of them were or um or how there was nothing I could do about them like why am I spending my energy there you know they start falling away we begin to feel the nearness of our creator we may have had certain spiritual beliefs but now we begin to have a spiritual experience like that is just for me an experience that increases through the steps and increases whenever I'm willing to engage in step 11. Um, whenever I'm willing to like show up and be inconvenienced for my recovery, like I start feeling that flow that I can't create on my own. And over time, it's like that experience for me gets to start feeling like just a oneness, you know, that like it talks, the book talks about like the rhythm of life and, um, it just starts, there's just starts being this flow that I get to be in contact with when I'm really practicing the program. And like I said, I didn't really have that many spiritual beliefs coming in or at all, but I really did get to start having a spiritual experience the more I did this. It says the feeling the drink problem, or in our case, the food problem has disappeared will often come strongly. I think I started experiencing that before this as well, but, um, Again, like I've now shared the things that I'm eating over, that I'm starving over, that I'm throwing up over, that I'm exercising over. And so when, when those things aren't this weight on me, like I start getting to just go through life and not have life be about food. And then it says, we feel we're on the broad highway, walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. Sometimes the language in this book can feel a little bit like not, <laughs> not the day-to-day -day experience, right? And um, I think sometimes that is important because spiritual matters is like, in my experience, the, the more intense ones, like they don't feel very day-to-day. -day. They don't feel like the normal experience of life. But like I said, there's this, there's this true sense of oneness that I get to experience over time. Um, and for me, this program is like truly a, a daily reprieve. And I have, um, I'm actually working on a four step and kind of a second four step right now. And there's always new layers. There, there's always more things to uncover, discover, discard. And 
what I'm finding for myself is just so essential. It's like my life got big and complicated in, in ways, not like necessarily bad, but just ways that I'm not used to. And, and I got out of my like day to day with program to the extent that I've had it. And like my sense of ease with food and body started getting very shaky and it's a very humbling experience to be working this program for like nine years and to have that experience. And it just takes me so strongly back to the one day at a time. And the, the just 20 like, minutes, thank you are about to just showing up like a newcomer being like, I don't, I don't have this, you know, I have a daily or pre contingent on the maintenance of my spiritual condition. And, and that's all I get to have. I don't have any assurances beyond, beyond what I'm just doing in this moment, really. And so in this moment, I got to share with you guys, I get to talk about the big book and I just, I just get to feel the nearness of the creator for today, you know, and I'm, I'm just grateful for that reprieve and grateful to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Vida. That was wonderful. Thank you for sharing. Um, Okay, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. And um, Krista, would you please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up. If the speakers ask a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Sure, do you prefer a one minute warning too? No, we just go with the three minutes. Okay, Thanks. great. All right, first up is Victoria. Hi, everybody. I'm Victoria, Recover Compulsive Overeater Insulin Manipulator in Florida. Um, thank you so much to our speaker and everybody else doing service today. I, <laughs> I shared on this stuff on Monday and I was like, I'm just going to listen, but I just heard so many things that are just making my heart burst with joy. I think um, I'm having like a, like, I'm so happy and grateful today. Like I would, I would, I'm the type of person I would have used to make fun of like, Oh, look how grossly happy they are. And I just think it's really awesome that I can be that way. And I don't have to judge it. I can just be like, yeah, this is an awesome moment. But what I love is that step five is really the part when we, you know, what I heard was there are promises here where this is when we really start when many of us start to have a spiritual experience and that was totally my, my case, um, where I was like, sure, sure. I don't really have a choice. So I will believe in this. I guess I will be willing to turn this over to some nebulous power. Okay. Let me look at all my stuff. And yeah, it definitely got boring because basically what I learned is, um, the only two reasons I ever get disturbed about anything is if somebody doesn't do what I wanted them to do, or if I'm not good enough at something that I thought I should be like, if I have a, I have, if I have an idea about myself that I should be better or different or faster or stronger or richer. Um, and I heard one time that, you know, as a human, as a, as part of accepting humility for my humanity, I have to come to terms with that there's not that many different ways that I'm screwed up. There's really just like two of them. And that's to me, I'm like, that's the good news. Like, yeah, I wrote down a hundred things, but there's really only 
there's really only like four defects that in different combinations get in my way. Um, the other thing is that then when we take that leap of faith, for me, it was a leap of faith to say things out loud that I didn't want to share with anybody. Um, then it's like, you're, it's almost like you're covering your head, waiting for the explosion and it never comes. And just being able to share that trust with somebody who also walks this path um, with this disease is really beautiful. And that was for me when I felt, yes, I felt the fears fall for me, not in that one second, you know, but the fears falling for me, being able to look other people in the eye and say, no matter what this person comes up and says, Hey, I know about blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, that's not a secret anymore. I mean, that type of piece you cannot buy. You cannot buy. There is no value. Um, so when those things really started to turn for me, it was in the middle. It was after about three months into the pandemic when I started being like, oh, okay, this is going to be a little bit longer than I thought it was. <laughs> and I started getting like antsy and I thought, wow, the fact that I can have gratitude and perfect peace right now that I don't want food right now. I just want to like Oh, I hope I get to see my friends soon. I hope I get to travel again soon. Thanks, Chris. I'll wrap up with this. Like that's a miracle. And that definitely shows me that, that step five is where my spiritual experience really started to uh, take shape. And, and I just wish that for everybody else who's going through the steps as well. Thank you. Thanks, Victoria. Next up is Erin. Hi guys, I'm Erin B, um, recovering compulsive overeater and restrictor in Chicago. Um, thank you, Vita. You know, I you said a lot of things that um, were good reminders and that I needed to hear tonight, including like getting the things that we were looking for in food elsewhere and from our higher power. Um, I've been having a really hard time lately and I, I finally come to like the acceptance that I don't think I was ever really recovered um, because I think I, I, I was really in denial about a certain alcoholic ingredient and, um, and I was still, you know, I had my binge foods down, but I was like looking for fun and excitement and all the things from like the foods that I could eat. And um, you know, which, which led me right back into the food, which is where I was, you know, as, as of an hour ago. And I made a call on the way home from a binge to someone who, her recovery has spoken like so deeply to me and I can hear the truth from her in a way that I like won't accept from anyone else. And, um, and I talked to a potential sponsor yesterday, long story short, she suggested I abstain from flour based on what I told her. And, um, and I, and I threw a tantrum, like I wanted to call 50 other people and get different opinion. Like I, I wanted to leave program, you know, all the feelings about giving up this one thing. And, um, and then the person I prayed to God that he would speak through this person to me today. And, and he did. And so now I'm into the acceptance phase and I just got rid of bags and bags of food in my kitchen. Um, you know, but I, it just helps to hear, like you said, like when we know we're not alone and that other people have done this like grieving over the food and like throwing the temper tantrums and we don't let it go without claw marks and all of that. And I put in the chat, like, can anyone talk to me about giving up flour? And I was like, you guys are still alive. What do you eat? Are you okay? Are you miserable? You know? And like people tell me these stories about how they're okay. And they're so much happier and just, I need to show up like a newcomer, like you said, and like set aside everything I think I know because I don't know shit about what I need to eat and what I don't need to eat. I don't know. I don't know. 
you know, and so just, um, it's such an opportunity and I'm just grateful, you know, the hope in this program is that 24 hours ago, I wanted to leave. And then when I pray for like, help me to stay here, speak to me through these fellows and like within 24 hours, I can be throwing out these bags of food that I thought I could never give up. And so I'm just excited to be restarting and it's just a deeper dive and, um, yeah, more to be revealed. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Aaron. Nancy, you're up, followed by Matt. Hey, everyone. Nancy, Recovered Compulsive Eater Bulimic. Grateful to be here tonight. And you know what I just heard is why I keep coming back, because, you know, we get to experience miracles here. And, and it's just amazing to me. Um, I, I get chills. Um, so thank you, everyone. Thanks, um, Vita, for sharing. I am so grateful you started out with integrity. Um, that one just slapped me right in the face. Um, it made me sit up and take notice. I have been really, really struggling with something at work. And um, and when you said that, I thought I, I've, I've been so um, just at, at out of, uh, not peaceful, what are you, at unrestful um, about the situation at work. And when you said that, it was like, it just, you know, the, claim that I am not living in integrity. I am not living in integrity with my job right now. No wonder I am so um, not at peace. And, um, you know, I, I've got a lot of fear around this situation. I have a lot of resentment around it. I did this massive 10 step on it today with, with my 10 step part, partner. Matter of fact, I think she fell asleep halfway through my, my 10 step because I was going like on and on. And, um, you know, and this is something that has been going on in my life for, uh, for a year. And I've just been like back and forth and back and forth. And I have not surrendered it. I've simply not surrendered it. So tonight I've just been doing some writing about it. And I know that the only way that I'm going to get peace is to surrender, to surrender to, you know, I just wrote down that, um, that, uh, God, I surrender to your will. This must be your will or, or it wouldn't be happening and help me to see the gift in it. And that's one of the things that I have recognized um, recently in this program is that there are gifts in everything. You know, there's even in the like really crappy stuff that happens. If I can just look for God in it, if I can just look for the gift um, and what lesson God is trying to, to teach me um, and where I can, where it can be of benefit to other people. And that, uh, you know, I've spent a lot of my life um, trying to measure up, trying to be good enough, be successful, uh, be recognized, be significant. And um, when I stop and really look at my life, you know, aside from my career, aside from work and the people that I have I have had the honor to work with and to touch and to um, make a difference in their lives. And they've made a difference in my life. Isn't that really what it's all about? You know, it's not about the title or the, uh, the degrees or any of that stuff that I thought was going to make me important. It's about um, relationships and it's about being able to live in such a way That's that fine. I can be in relationship. And when I was active in food, I couldn't be um, in relationship. So I'm really grateful to be in recovery today and to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy. And Matt, you are up next, followed by um, Krista. 
Hi, my name is Matt. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, guys. And uh, thank you, Vita, for your share. I stayed off screen when she was sharing, so she had the spotlight. Uh, I, uh, when I think about the fifth step, I know when I was, you know, I came in at 21 years old and you know, I had over 100 pounds to lose. And there were so many things that I was ashamed about. And I remember even before I got to my fourth step, there was some very specific things that I had so much shame around, around like sexuality and porn, all these other like pornography and all these things that I knew I would have to deal with on my inventory. But I remember calling my sponsor up and I think I was still on my first step, maybe even my second step. And I was like, I need to tell you about this stuff. Like I need, I need you to know about this. Because I think that if I didn't get that off my chest, I don't know if I ever would have gotten to my four step. And, and, you know, God just puts the right people in your life. My sponsor actually had a lot of experience in the program related to those types of things. And so I was able to do a lot of work on, on that early on in my recovery that I don't think I, I don't know if I would have stayed otherwise. And, um, you know, for me, when I did my fifth step, first of all, I loved doing the fourth step. Like I loved writing about myself. I loved writing about everyone I hated and all my resentments. And like people talk about how scared they are. I'm like, I thought it was great. And, um, you know, with the fifth step, you know, I, for me, it was a lot of growing up and there was a lot of grief surrounding the fifth step. And I, the way I kind of worded it is it was kind of an opportunity for me to grieve myself up to my current age. And then, you know, other programs later, I'm still grieving myself up to my current age in, in different areas of my life. But the experience of the fifth step, it's, it's about integrity. It's about honesty. It's about so many different things. But for me too, it was the first real experience with like vulnerability and that sense of safety and that sense of being able to be just in have like having that integrity with myself to just own it all. And there is something about like, you know, when I create that, when I am honest with another person, when I put that out there, it creates this space. And in that space, that is where God can come in. And, you know, it's when we sit here and talk about the fifth step, I, I think at the time I felt like, well, I'm just trying to get through it. I'm just trying to get through it. And, um, and now like years later, when I think about that first fifth step I did, um, it's, I think for me, the first time around doing a fist up was just so experiential of just owning everything that I ate over, owning everything that I hid, owning everything that I thought made me a bad person and just allowing someone else to know every bit of it and to know that they wouldn't leave me. And the way in which I was abandoning myself every, every time, thank you, every time I was compulsively overeating and to have it all out there, it was such a shift in, in shame and, and secrecy that kept me so guarded and so alone. So thank you. Thank you, Matt. Um, it is time now to stop the recording. So Raman, if you would stop the recording, please.